I have two books in my bedside, Lieutenant. The Marine Corps Code of Conduct and the King James Bible. I hate snakes, Doc! I hate them! And may the Christian Lord guide my hand against your Roman popery! And they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! We're on a mission from God. Entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby Land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Coming to you live from his padded cell high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history. This is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are coming to you live from our top secret broadcasting bunker here at Area 52. Do not tell anybody where we are. We don't want the CIA, the NSA, um, CNN, NSNBC. We don't want them to know where we are. Uh, they might find our secret compound, find all of our secrets. Good to be with you today. I am upset. Um, I mentioned this in uh, the Wednesday night Bible study last night that I was upset uh, because uh, I had been recommended a channel to watch on YouTube and it had this guy was presenting um, things that uh, or people that he believed were demon possessed, devil possessed, and that were in like rock and roll people that had made a, a you know like a treaty with the devil or a covenant or a contract. And um, I should have uh, I, I should have known. Uh, when I heard him say things uh, referencing um, the, the idea that Christians, I'm probably not saying exactly the way he said it, but the idea that Christians need to cancel this contract uh, or they'll have devils. He keeps using, he doesn't use the word devils. He uses the word demons. They'll have demons in their life all the time, and you must cancel this these contracts that you have with the devil. And I'm and I'm going. Listen, my my contract, my agreement with hell and death was nullified at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not that for me he died on Calvary. Um. Hey, Matt, you know what? I think I can do sound effects today. Oh, yeah, I've got some battery life. This this old iPad is still running. So let me plug this in here. And let me get over to my sound effects box. And um, and we'll... Oh, well, let's see. i got to plug it in over here, too. I unplugged it the other day so that... Lordson Rock could have a microphone. Well, that's a little live there. 
Um, he is on a plane. Him and his wife, Grace, and his four sons are on a plane back to India. Uh, please pray for them. Continue to pray for them uh, as they minister there. Pray that no more bombs go off, uh, that people would stop writing uh, nasty things on the side of his building and, and all of those things. And I like the fact that he is um, he's, he's trying to build a, a building to run a, a Bible institute in. And, and I like that. Um, I have found out that uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the pastors in Kenya need some good Bible training. And uh, my friend, Pastor Mike Hutzel, uses the ACE uh, Bible paces to train pastors with. They're designed for high school students, but he, he got to looking at them, and, and he's, he, he, like me, uh, you know, we're, we're big on Christian education and homeschool, and, and maybe it's not for everybody, but, you know, it, it, it's good to teach your kids the right way. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's really your, your, your responsibility. Something, something aggravating me with my boom and I don't know what it is. I think there's a there's a nut missing. But anyway, uh, they need education, so I appreciate him. And you just uh, continue to pray for him and lift him up. And uh, I don't know, maybe if the Lord works it out, uh, we'll go over there. You know, we were we were planning to go over there uh, and minister to his people and his church and so on. And um, at, at the last minute, something came up and we couldn't go. And lo and behold, COVID hit. And it was a situation like we could have got over there and not been able to come back. So God was good. Anyway, uh, I'm upset about something. As I said, YouTube recommended a channel for me, and this guy is talking about demons, and you know, demons that are in that are in rock and roll singers or holly weird people and things like that. And and I'm I'm going maybe this guy's good. And I listened to a, another video that he had, and I'm going okay. He's putting out some good information, not giving out a lot of scripture. He'll mention the Bible. And he'll say, you know, the Bible talks about this, and the Bible talks about that. And people, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to preach something without using the actual verses. I really, I'm telling you, preaching for me was a struggle for a long time. And it was, you know, what do I, what do I come up with to say? What am I going to say about this? What am I going to say about that? And over time, it didn't really all happen in one day, but over time, God just opened up to me the value of just using Scripture. Now, I don't just read Bible verses. I had a guy that used to really, he was kind of a out there. And um, he had this idea that us preachers should only get up and read Bible verses to our people. 
that anything that we would say beyond that was like adding to the word of God or it was, um, uh, you know, that, that it was wrong because we're, we lie and God doesn't lie. And I, I showed him in Scripture that, um, um, let's see, who was the guy? Who was the ready scribe? Ezra, the ready scribe before the Lord, that when he, that when he got up in front of the people and he opened the book and everybody said, amen, that's a picture of Christ opening the book. When Ezra stood up and opened that book, he began with the law of Moses and he began to read to them the law of Moses. And the Bible says, the King James says, that he gave them the sense and the meaning of it. Now, I've paraphrased that, but that those words are pretty much there. In other words, he expounded on them. He told them that, now, this is what this means. And God blessed that. If you look at what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Peter quoted Scripture. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and he's quoting Joel and that's the basis for his sermon. And then he goes into men and brethren. And he begins to expound on that verse and what's happening on that day and why they're all speaking in those, in those familiar tongues, familiar to all the people that are there. And, and 3,000 people come up and say, what must we do to be saved? So it looks to me like we got an Old Testament and a New Testament version where two men preach, they both use the Word of God, and they use it correctly, and they expound on it and give the meaning of it and the sense of it, and God blesses that. So, but I was never able to convince him. Never. Uh, He didn't like our songs, and we sing right out of the old hymn book, and he didn't like them because if we're going to sing, we must only sing Scripture, and I don't know he had some other weird views too. He believed that King James English was the original language on the earth that Adam and Eve spoke and that God had already ordained his word as the King James version in the days of Adam. It's, I'm just telling you what he, what he believed. But anyway, I haven't heard from him in a long time. But anyway, uh, so he, this guy that I'm going to show you in a few minutes, um, he's given all this material and I'm going, boy, I kind of like this. This sounds good. Maybe I'll listen to him. Maybe I'll subscribe to his channel. And then he said, I'm going to take a moment now and advertise blankety blank. And I'll show you what he advertises in a minute. And I went, okay. And he's teamed up with some other Bible. Well, I won't say that. He's teamed up with some other teachers. Some of them women. And the first one that he showed a a video clip of that he's teamed up with was a man by the name of Mark Verkler. Now, all of a sudden, bells went off, and I recognized and remembered that name. I'll never forget it. 
Um, he was on It's Supernatural uh, several years ago. And I could see right away that he was a false teacher, a heretic. And that's not, that don't come out of my mouth easily. But he's teaching blatant heresy. And anybody who loves the Word of God, reveres the Word of God, lives by the Word of God, memorizes the Word of God, shares the Word of God with others, and will die and be judged by the Word of God. Anybody who loves God's Word, when they hear this guy teach what his main principle is, they'll go, uh, sorry, uh-uh, we don't do that. Now, I'm going to get you there by way of a, a very simple teaching that I have on the human brain. Um, you have two hemispheres uh, of your brain. Spheres, you know, like an like a orb, like the globe of the earth, like, like this, okay? That's, that's a sphere, and here is, you know, there's the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. Well, you have the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. Now, God designed this this way. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. Very important. Because I'm going to let Mark Verkler speak for Mark Verkler. And if you know ahead of time what the truth is, when you hear him say what he's going to say, you'll, you'll also go... Uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. He's 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 telling false teaching. So God designed this, and it's weird, but the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body. I don't know why. Uh, well, I, let me give you a, my theory. Uh, whenever you have two things, you have a picture of your your Bible. My my Bible is out in the other room. Yeah, and I've got some around here. But anyway, you've got a picture of your Bible. You have the the one side of your brain is the law, or one side of your Bible is the law, and the other side of your of your Bible is grace. One is the Old Testament, one is the New Testament. One of them is weaker than the other. One of them is strong, one of them is weak. Now, in this sense, the left side of your brain controlling the right side of your body in the Bible, the right hand is the hand of strength. In the Bible, the left hand is the hand of weakness. And so you the right side or excuse me, the left side of my brain controlling the right side of my body matches what I'm going to show you about these two hemispheres. They're not equals. The two halves of your brain are not equals. They're not. One of them is in charge of the other. One of them makes the other one sit down and be quiet. One of them says, we're not going to do that. That's wrong. We're going to follow what God said in his word. That's what one of them says. The other one says, I wonder what it would be like if we didn't pray today. 
I wonder what it would be like if we looked at sleazy stuff on the internet. I wonder what it would be like if we took something that didn't belong to us. I wonder what it would be like if I lied to my husband or lied to my parents or lied to my teacher. Things like that. That's what the right side of your brain does. Now, the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body. And in the Bible, the left side of your body is the weak side. There are things that my left hand cannot do, but my right hand can do them nearly perfectly. And God is, unless you're ambidextrous, God has designed it that way. Now, if you're left-handed, then switch that. But the brain thing still remains the same. Left side of your brain. Let me put it up on the screen like this. The left hemisphere of your brain. Think of a computer. A computer, uh, there used to be an acronym called GIGO. When it, in, when, in relation to computers and the way we used to have to work them back in the 80s. We used to have to type in commands and write. Sometimes we wrote our own programs and so on. And the idea was GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. In other words, the computer will put out only what's put into it. And if you write bad code or write your, the wrong basic instructions, then you're going to get bad stuff. You're going to get your computer going, ah, syntax error, those of you who use Commodore, syntax error, line 40, and so on. But the left side of your brain deals with logic. The, uh, the left side of your brain would never, ever, ever look at a man wearing a dress and say, that's a woman. The left side of your brain doesn't do that. The left side of your brain is, is all about yes and no, zero and one, on and off. It's analytic. It's reasoning. What is, how does Isaiah 53 start? No, 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 not Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 1. God says, come now and let us reason together. Not imagine what it could be like. He says, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is a logical, reasoning God. He is not unreasonable. He's not hard to deal with. Okay? Practical, strategic, control, science, realism. Mathematics are done with the left side of the brain fairly efficiently. Okay, and the left side of your brain, when it, when the left side of your brain sees two plus two equals, then it does the math and it says four. Now, is there another possible answer for two plus two? The left side of your brain says no. There never was, there isn't now, and there never will be another correct answer for two plus two. It's not possible. And you'll never, ever convince the left side of your brain that two plus two could equal something else. Or a man wearing a dress is a woman. Your, your logical senses always say, I mean, we've got this brain is, I mean, it does things that we just, we cannot even fathom how the human mind works. We're able 
to look at a painting. This is why artists are, to me, some of the most skilled people in the world. For someone to be able to look at an image, a photograph, or a person and paint their portrait accurately, that to me is a talent that just goes way over my head because I can't do it. Because when we see a painting and if something is off, let's say it's a painting of a, of a, of a woman, like the Mona Lisa, if something is off in that painting, like the eyes are like two millimeters farther apart than they should be, the nose isn't quite centered down the middle of the, of the face, the smile or the lips are, are slightly off. The shape of the head isn't quite the way it's supposed to be. Our, our brain looks at that and instantly recognizes that something's wrong. We can instantly tell the difference between a good painting and a bad one. Okay, We can, we can tell the difference in movies between good CGI and bad CGI. And there are examples where Hollywood spent a lot of money on talent to produce computer graphic images, and they stink. They're awful, okay? And our brain recognizes this instantly. There's a thing called pareidolia. We are, we are programmed to see things that look like other things. When we look up and see a cloud and, we, and it looks like a turtle, we say, that, that kind of looks like a turtle. Or that one looks like an elephant. That one looks like a giraffe. We're tr- our brains do this. When we see faces or when we see things that look like faces, we say, that looks like a face instantly. And our brain has this recognition software running through it that is absolutely amazing. Now, the right side of your brain, it has a, it has a purpose. Remember, let me, let me show you this. Let's say that the left side of the brain is the male. The right side of the brain is the female. Now let's go back. Of these two, one of them has to be in charge. God, God ordained this. Don't get mad at me. I'm the messenger. I'm reading the text of the scriptures and I'm relaying it to you. And God said, it is not good that the man left side, should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. So the right side of your brain has to do with intuition. And intuition, I'll put it to you like this. Um, I don't know, let's see, how can I do this? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the left side of my brain receives uh, uh, some sort of uh, article from a magazine and reads it, and there's the facts right there, delivered to me in, in words, nouns and verbs, adjectives, pronouns, the sentence structure is correct, everything, the, all the letters line up, and the left side of my brain can comprehend the language, the lettering, the spelling of the words, 
and uh, and what the sentences are about. Okay, so that's the left side of my brain. That's how it receives information, and that's how it holds on to information. The right side of my brain doesn't do it that way. It feels and supposes and wonders and imagines information. And I'll give you an example of of me and my wife. Uh, There's been several times when my wife would tell me, I don't like that guy. And uh, there was one time she did it. We went to this guy's office, and uh, we were going to do some speaking things for him. And uh, first time we met him, I shook his hand. My wife shook his hand. We get back to the hotel, and she says, I don't like him. And I'm like, okay, what? He didn't do anything. She said, I'm just telling you, you watch out for him. There's something, something wrong, something not right about him. I don't know what it is, but something's not right. Do you know, she was 100% right. Now, she didn't give me any details. She didn't give me specifics. She just felt uneasy about him. And I believe the Spirit of God was moving in her and using her natural, intuitive abilities. The Holy Spirit was with her saying, tell your husband, be careful of this guy. Because he's a, he's a shyster. He's a con artist. He's a liar. And every bit of it was correct. She was 100% right. Now, she did not say to me, you're not to have anything to do with him. We're packing up. We're going home. I said he's, there's something wrong with him, and I'm going to get my... She didn't do that. She told me what she felt. I I kind of went, oh, hon, now, th- I, I remember doing that. But then I started finding out that she was right. And so here is the man, and God says it's not good for him to be alone, so I'll give him something that he doesn't have much of. We're loaded with logic and analysis and reason and and decisiveness and so on, but we lack intuition. We lack emotion. We lack feelings. We lack passion. We lack those things. Our wives are full of those things, okay? But they are weak when it comes to analytical things, how to do things on the iPad, okay? How to get, how to get something working on the computer, What's wrong with the TV now? I can't get the TV, the remote to work, okay? She always hands it to me, and I go, she says, how did you do that? I I don't know, but this is how God designed it. When I'm reading my Bible, as I'm reading and looking at the the, the characters on the page, my, my brain is seeing that the characters all line up and that they all make words that I've learned over the years and those words put together in a certain order in English give me a sentence, and that sentence fills my mind with information. But it's the right side of my brain that as I'm reading the Bible and the left side of my brain is 
helping me understand the, the language, the syntax, the letters, and the facts of what's going on, the right side of my brain is drawing a picture of what it is that I'm reading. And we do this in just about everything. In fact, I would say everything that we read, no matter if it's a technical manual or, or a scientific journal or whatever, our brain is, both sides are functioning. The left side is reasoning out and using logic to understand the language and the, and the words and the science and the mathematics and whatever it is. But the right side of our brain is giving our, is helping our left side with pictures of what it looks like. Have you ever read a book, like a book comes out and you, you're told to go read it and you read it and say, man, that's a pretty good book. And you've got it in your mind how it all works out. And then Hollyweird makes a movie about it. And you're going, oh, this boy, this ought to be good. And you watch the movie and you're going, ah, that's no, huh? They got that wrong. No, no, that guy's that guy that guy doesn't look like that. And that that woman, she's not like that at all. Your your right side came up with a different image, all right? Um and but that's how we are. That's how our brain functions. And there is, oh, I love this. I don't think I have a picture of this. But there is there is a bridge called the corpus callosum that joins the left side and the right side. It looks like a cross. Let me uh, see if I can find a picture of it here. Uh, See, that's uh, only got 20, 20 tabs open. Might as well open another one. Uh, let's call some. Now, let's see here. What am I looking for? Here it is. This is not the best picture, but, uh, here, here's one. It looks like a cross here, okay? Now, let me, let me go to this. So the left side of your brain is the male. Now, let's stop right here. When God gave the commandment, did he give it before Eve was created or after Eve was created? I'll give you a second to look it up. If you said before Eve was created, you were right. Very good. If you said after she was cre- she was created, you were wrong. Genesis chapter 2, God gives Adam the commandment that he should not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He should eat from the tree of life and every other tree that's in the garden, but not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When the devil came into the scene in Genesis 3 to deceive, there's only two people. Who are you going to pick to deceive? You pick what the Bible says was the weaker vessel. You pick the woman. Now, follow this with me. Because in Genesis 3, 
when, again, I've made a point. I, I read this and read this, and finally it clicked one day. The devil never one time told her to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He never said for her to do it. He did not order her to do it. He did not even suggest that she do it. He never said anything about eating the tree as like you should really eat this or you better eat this or I command thee to eat this. Never did that. You know what he did? He spoke to her imagination. Because number one, he said, yea, hath God said. So already there's a question mark. Did God say this? Well, Eve didn't hear it. Adam did. And Adam told her what God said. That's how we think it happened. But then he says to Eve, thou shall not surely die, or thou shall not surely die. He contradicted God, what God said. And now she's like, really? And then he says, for God doth know. Now there's a secret doctrine. For God doth know that in the day that thou eatest, uh, ye sh- your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So now she turns and she looks at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she runs a series of imaginative scenes in her brain. When she saw that the uh that the tree was, um, the, the fruit looked good. She is imagining in her mind what that fruit would be like. Um, when she saw that it was good for food, she's imagining what it's going to taste like. Then she said, um, and that it was a tree desired. Desire is right side of the brain. A tree desired to make one wise. Every, everything that happened with Eve and that decision that she made to finally eat that fruit was all done through imagination. Every bit of it. She thought it out and pictured herself eating it and pictured herself having this new understanding and a new awareness and to be like the gods. It's all imagination is what it is. It's, you know, I hate to use this example. This So this is going to be like rated PG, but it's it's. What happened with Eve is very, very similar. In fact, nearly identical to what a person thinks when they lust after another person. It's it's like all of it there. We run this, we lust here. In the right side of our brain is where our lust is. That's where we look at something, a woman, a man, or whatever, and we... We visualize in our mind what it would be like. And, I mean, we do this. That's just who we are. 
we are we are subjected to this vanity as long as we're alive in this flesh body that's what's going to happen the the man has to be in charge the man has to be in charge so on the left side the male he's dominant men by their very nature are generally larger than women in skeletal and muscular side this is why all of those women college swimmers are throwing a fit over that clearly larger more muscular taller man who says i are a woman and i are swimming faster than other women and he gets all the medals and they go off crying and say this isn't fair Okay, it was fine being a liberal in college as long as everything went your way. But when liberalism takes its its true course, now all of a sudden these people aren't liberal anymore. They they think that it's wrong that this man pretends he's a woman and he's clearly got more muscles, he's clearly taller. And taller and muscular wins races. It always does. Longer legs can run faster than little legs. And that's just how it is. So in our male bodies, we we have a natural dominance. It is part of our structure. I I made the point uh, how how children carry books in school to illustrate that. Um, When we are boys, we carry our books here on our sides. Why? That's where our tool belt is. Or that's where our sword is. Or that's where our pistol is. Right here at our side. Boys carry their books here. Who who is this? This is, you can laugh if you want to. This is a woman feeding a baby. Do I have laughter? Yeah, I've got some laughter here. It's a woman feeding a baby. Girls in elementary school. Why? Nature. God designed them that way. Okay? Now, anyway, logic. Now, on the bad side of all this, we we don't generally ask men to creatively design uh, a new kitchen (laughs) or figure out what decorations, you know, to decorate the living room with. Don't, you don't ask your husband, okay? My wife, my wife will hold up two pictures at the store and say, which do you like the best? <laughs> and I just say, yes. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's two pictures, okay? But she'll sit and stare at them for five, ten minutes. That's her, okay? They see everything is black and white, yes and no, on or off. One or zero, in or out, up or down, and it's that way. Facts only. We're decisive. It is where, it is where we tell the truth from. And I've I've mentioned the fact that generally, not always, but generally, a person telling the truth, if he's not conscious of what he's doing. When someone asks him a question that requires a factual answer, generally, 
he will tend to look up and to the right because he is looking for a, a folder in, in, a, um, in a file cabinet in your brain. He's looking for a piece of information that he knows. And he pulls it out and he gives the information. If you've ever been in a deposition before, I was in a car accident. A guy plowed right into the side of me. I was in a funeral procession. The guy just creamed right into the side of me, tore the car all to pieces, hurt me worse than I've been. And uh, we went into deposition and I caught what the lawyer was doing with me. He was like, well, now let me go back and ask you this again. And he kept repeating questions after, you know, 10, 15 minutes. He would go back and repeat a question that he asked to see if I answered it the same way. And I did because I'm just giving him the facts. Now, it was funny because even though I had the right-of-way being in a funeral procession, he had the right-of-way because he had a green light at the intersection. You know who was at fault? Both. Both of us. Because my lawyer said, well, you did a good job. Problem is, he did a good job too. He gave the facts too. He didn't try to, he didn't try to uh, puff them into something. But anyway, back over here. Female is subservient unless... You take certain drugs. You take certain drugs like LSD or mescaline or whatever, these mind-altering drugs. You take certain drugs, and all of a sudden now, the right side of your brain pops up. And it takes control over the male, over the dominant, over the reasoning, over the logic. So back in the 60s and 70s, you know, L.A. had a problem with hippies falling off of buildings. Why were they falling off buildings? Because they took LSD. And the LSD, their right side of their brain said, I can fly. I can fly. No, they can't. The, if the left side of the brain would have been in charge, it would have said, sit down and shut up. We can't fly. We're going to die. Um, intuition. Colors, things are maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay? We just don't know. We don't know if something's really true or not. Imagination. Things are open-ended. They never are finished. There's, there's no opening and no closing. It is the source of lies. As someone who is telling the truth will look up and to the right, someone who is on the spot creating a lie in other words, you kind of have to catch them on the spot. Ask them a question they weren't ready to answer. Where were you last night at 1130? And if you weren't where you were supposed to be, you have to make something up immediately. Uh, I was, and almost without fail, we'll look down and to the, and to the left. We'll go, um, and just watch Judge Judy or any of these judge programs. And when people lie, you'll see them. And Judge Judy will go, no, look here. Look in my eyes. Don't look down on the floor. You look, she knows. Cops know this. Cops can look at somebody while they're talking and say, you're lying. I know you're lying. And because people tend to, we have these tendencies that our, our brain, our conscious testifies and witnesses against us. So when we tell a lie, we have to first draw a picture of what that lie looks like. That's the right side of the brain. 
So again, who did the devil go to in the Garden of Eden? In the in a God of Davida. What, what song is that? Anyway, in the Garden of Eden, what? Who did he go to? He went to Eve. He went to the weaker vessel. He went to the, the place where he could get by with lies. He, she didn't really know 100% what God had said. She was weak. She was using, he opened up her imagination. He opened up her lust, her feelings about it. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? That's what, that's what we say to people. What, what, what's your feelings on this? Well, I don't really feel anything, but let me just tell you the truth. And if I were to go by my feelings all the time, I'd be wrong most of the time. All right. Now, now that I've covered that, uh, let me put this guy. This is the guy I'm mad at. His name is uh, Sean Bowles. Bolts, maybe. And um, the occult is all around you, celebrities who practice and what to do in your own life. Now, I'm okay with him on the occult is all around you and the celebrities who practice it. Do not listen to him. When it comes to what to do in your own life, do not listen to what he says because he is going to think about, think about what the devil did with Jesus. When Jesus when, and, and think about this brain thing. Let me go back to this. In the Old Testament, the devil went here. And this failed the test. In the New Testament, the devil went here to Jesus. And Jesus won. And how did Jesus win? By quoting the facts. He quoted the facts of Scripture. Scripture cannot be broken. That's rule number one. Rule, if, you've, if you've got, I haven't talked about this in a while, if you've got rule number one intact, rule number one is there are no mistakes in the Bible. Rule number two, if someone says there's a mistake in the Bible, refer to rule number one. That is an unbreakable promise. You, once you stamp that into your, not just your mind, but into your heart, once you stamp that into your heart, you're, you're almost impenetrable, impenetrable, impenetrable. They cannot, you cannot be penetrated. Now, Christ won what Eve failed in. Christ is God. Christ is the man. Christ is the bridegroom. We are the bride. Okay? We're all about beauty and adornment as, as a woman is. As Jerusalem was in Ezekiel 16, okay? Men are all about making sure that a plumb line runs straight up and down. I mean, that's God, right? God didn't take a a big can of Play-Doh and say, this is how my people are, and we can make them into this, or we can make them into this, we can stretch them out, or we can fold them in. 
we can make people into anything. That's not what God did. God set a plumb line in the midst of his people, a straight edge, rules of gravity, and set it among his people. And he said, this is how I'm going to measure you. I'm not going to measure you with a can of Play-Doh. I'm going to measure you with with something, a, a law that you cannot break, which is gravity. And God said, this is how I'm going to measure you, with a plumb line. I set a plumb line in the midst of my people. And you know what we find out? We're crooked. None of us, none of us are straight. None of us are. Now, so here's what he said. Let me get the volume up here. And we shouldn't be wrong in pointing out, recognizing it for what it is. And you also had people tragically die in that where he didn't stop his performance, but they were killed and crushed anyways, right in front of him. And though he claims that he never understood what was happening, when you have the perfect storm of demonic imagery, human sacrifice was one of the themes, and then people were killed there. We can't trust this, regardless of the panic or regardless of people making fun of Christians for being too conservative. We can't trust this. So what are occult practices and what, what are we being careful of? Those are the things that you, you maybe you can't tell, but you can tell when Vogue says, do these spells to stop gossip. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> Before we talk about all this, though, I'm going to tell you that if you're spiritually hungry, like really spiritually hungry, we have formed an incredible group online called the Spiritual Growth Academy. I'm going to play this. That's announcing the enemy. The enemy is Spiritual Growth Academy. And we're exploring the supernatural and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like the prophetic. Mark Verkler. I'm going to show you him. Okay? And you'll understand what I mean. Hearing God's voice, dream interpret. People, don't fall for this stuff. This is, this is New Age garbage both mark verkler this is like um um oh i don't know how to express it this this is basically uh a a a team effort here he's got mark verkler telling you how to hear god outside of the written word of god Outside of your Bible, then you Point have the supernatural and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, clouds, like the prophetic, hearing God's voice. These people here are going to tell you that God is going to speak to you in all your dreams. Again, another way of God talking to you outside of His written word. What did the devil do with Eve? I mean, God gave a very clear. No compromising commandment to Adam. In the day eat thereof, you shall, you shall die. You shall surely die. No misunderstanding of that whatsoever. And it was his static, unchangeable law. These people want you to believe that all your dreams are some big thing from God, and, you, and they're going to give you secrets on how to... Inter- Listen, Carl Jung and... Um, Oh, who else am I trying to think of? Some of these occultists in the early 1900s, they were all about this stuff, dream interpretation and how dreams are like the spirit world telling you things that you need to know. Don't fall for this stuff. I mean, if you want 
If you want dreams, read your Bible. There's all kinds of dreams in there. Okay? Now. Dream interpretation. Understand your signs and symbols. Signs and symbols. You know what symbols are? Symbols are a way of saying something that you don't know what it says. Symbols are the, signs and symbols are the perfect way for miscommunication. Manly Hall knew it. Uh, Fat Albert Pike knew it. Albert Pike said we use symbols, we use signs, we use allegories. We tell them one thing on the third degree, then we tell them something different on the, on the 13th degree or the 32nd degree. They've, and it means both of them. They, and some people say, well, what, you know, that you can make anything out of symbols. That's my point. Symbols are never static. They're, they're never, there's no limit to how a symbol can be interpreted or read or understood, understood. This is why the devil's people always speak in symbols. Uh, listen, all, all of the UFO people who said they saw a UFO up close and said that they saw something that looked like hieroglyphics on there, it was a language that they were never, ever meant to know or understand. God was right when he told this to Israel in Deuteronomy 28. But we're doing it in a very balanced biblical pursuit that's going to satisfy that spiritual hunger. Roy Brewer, who's going to be leading it, is going to give us a Christian perspective on science. He's actually going to break down each week in the pre-recorded videos about the Zodiac, not to follow astrology at all, but to give you a biblical worldview on why people are so interested in astrology and what those signs can mean to us. You need to Set join up. this class. You're going to have really powerful understanding because you have conversations, I'm sure, already about the Zodiac, about astrology, about science with your friends around you. But I promise you've never heard a perspective quite like Pastor Troy's. Setup. It's a setup. I'm I just... I'm telling you, he's going to, what he's doing, he is subtly introducing, I mean, the first thing Sean Bowles says, now this is not about occult astrology, it's not about that, I guarantee you it is. It is a way of introducing the zodiac and the meanings behind it. And let me ask you a question, did you ever read in your Bible that this constellation is Leo, that this set of stars is Gemini, that this set of stars is Taurus, and this one's the Virgo, and this one's the Sagittarius. Did you ever read that in your Bible? Did you ever read where those stars are supposed to have a control over your life? No, what you read from God was, do not worship and serve the stars. Don't do it. God's pleading with you, don't do it. But they're telling you, oh, this is not a cult, so it'll be okay. This is Christian astrology. This is Christian uh, zodiacology. And it's just like, this is Christian yoga. And, you know, this is uh, uh, Christian adultery or whatever, okay? Because it's spiritual adultery. Now, and get all, I'm going to get him off. I'm going to get Berkler on there. I should have kept that up there. Here we go. Here's Mark Verkler. Again, shows up on It's Supernatural. I listened to him one time, and I'm going, this guy I got to talk about. Um, he has this thing. He's had it now for 20 years. He said he spent 10 years as a Christian 
not ever hearing from God. That's what, if you listen to this video, and I don't have time to play the whole thing, but he says on here that first 10 years of him being a Christian, he never heard God's voice. And I'm going, well, you idiot, you had a Bible. Why didn't you just read that? What he believes is that in the thoughts of his mind, God's voice should have been there. Now, I think thoughts all the time. There is a lot of information that flows through the the nerve center of my brain. It's hard for me to keep track of things. I forget things. Um important things and it causes tension with me and other people and I don't like it but I can't help it there's just so many things that I do and so many things that I think but I've learned over the years that just because I think something that may not be of God so we're required in scriptures scriptures you know those things that don't change we're required in those to test every spirit to see whether it's of God or not. And how do you test it? You use the only ruler. Well, I'm, I'm just, I need a Bible. need a King James Bible here. Well, that ain't, ah, that ain't it. Ah, that's not it. I got my Bible out there. Let me put this up on the screen. And here we go. This is what I need right here. I need this for everything that I do or I'll go wrong. I'll go off the rails so quick. And I don't want to. That was, that was the first thing I ever did after God called me into this thing was to get alone and get serious with God and say, God, I don't want to go and tell somebody something that's not true. I don't want to do that. God, please don't turn me over to that. Now, I'm not saying everything I've ever said is right. What I'm saying to you is, is that I, I keep in my mind this anchor that anchors me to what's right. And that even though I might stray off a little bit, that anchor pulls and it stops and it pulls you back where you need to be. What he's saying is, that these things that pop through your mind, those very well could be the Word of God. So he says he's got four keys. Now, he's got them. He's got them. He's got four keys to hearing God's voice. And you know what's going to happen right off the bat, right out of the chute, right as we walk in the door? He is going to use a mis- translation of a verse a a key verse in the bible right out of the shoot he's going to use a mistranslation of it this impact on my life very interesting okay four keys what are the four keys to hearing god's voice all right the four keys are they're all found in several places in the bible uh, habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 is one place he goes to a quiet place so key number 1 is to quiet yourself down okay Stop right here. He's already slipped off the rails. He, Hosea 
Chapter 12. Is that what he said? Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1. Habakkuk. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome, Mike. Habakkuk. Chapter 2. Does not say anything about a still quiet place. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Now, I don't know what translation he's reading or probably he's come up with his own Hebrew translational mess. But he's already gone off the rails by saying that Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 tells us to still our mind. Now, I'm telling you, that is a yoga Eastern meditation practice. If I had Pastor Lords and Rock here, he'd be amen and me. He'd be bouncing off the walls in here, uh, bouncing off these rubber foam walls in here, doing shouts and saying, amen, amen, amen. Now, let me, let me keep him playing here. Two is one place. He goes to a quiet place. So key number one is to quiet yourself down. He keeps watch to see, which means he's taking the eyes of his heart and he's using vision somehow. Uh, now we're getting visions. We're getting... Where do dreams come from? What, what hemisphere? If you were to take a guess, what hemisphere of the brain dreams would come from? This one? No. This one. This, remember, this is the movie producer over here. The right side of your brain is the movie producer. When we visualize something, it's the right side of the brain that does it. And can the, right, can the visualization be wrong? Of course it can. But he's telling you to trust it. Trust your visualization. He's not talking about re looking at your Bible and reading it to see what God has to say. He's talking about waiting until you get a visualization in the right hemisphere of your brain and it's going to be a lie. And he keeps watching to see what God will speak to him. So you recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. Oh. Spontaneous thoughts. I have those all the time. I don't want to tell you what all of them are. But I have them all the time. Spontaneous thoughts are not the voice of God. God does not ever tell you anywhere in the word. And I don't know where he's, he's saying this is in Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Now, I, I don't get where he's getting this idea that God is going to be speaking in those spontaneous thoughts, those things that just pop into your brain, pop-ups, like pop-up windows. Okay, that's how that's how every guy or woman or whatever who's been caught with pornography on their computer or, you know, the really, really bad images on their computer. That's what they all say. Oh, it just popped up on there. I, I would, had no idea that was that was going to do that. It just popped up up there. You know, I've never had that happen here. It pops up because you went looking for it. 
But he's talking about those spontaneous things that just pop into your brain. But God tells you, don't act on that. Check to see whether or not it's of God. Samuel. Samuel heard God's voice. Samuel. He gets up, goes to Eli. Eli, did you call me? No, go back to bed, son. Samuel lays down again. Samuel. He gets up again, goes to Eli. Eli, I'm hearing you call me. Are you calling me? He says, no, lay down, son. Goes and lays down, lays down again. God says, Samuel. He goes back into Eli. Eli, I'm hearing it again. Eli figures out what's going on. He said, next time that happens, you say, uh, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So then Samuel goes back, lays down, and God says, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Four times. Samuel didn't act on the first one. Didn't act on the second one. Didn't act on the third one. The fourth one. And he said, okay, this is of God. And then Eli said, okay, what did God tell you? Eli knew it was God. There was no doubt between Samuel and Eli. And Eli was in trouble with God. But Eli knew that it was of God. And I'm telling you, Test those spirits. Do not trust the things that just pop into your head. And definitely don't trust imaginations. And then key number four is God said, inscribe the vision. So write it down. Okay. Now, this is where we get into what's called automatic writing. He's saying write it down. Now, in the he doesn't really come out with it here, but in the interview that he did with uh, Sid Roth on It's Supernatural, he, he essentially said that he said, you get up in the morning, you still your mind, which is Eastern meditation. It is emptying your mind. When they talk about mindfulness, they're lying. They're lying through their teeth. It is not mindfulness. You're not filling your mind. Mindfulness is all about focusing on something like your breathing to the exclusion of everything else. And in the patterns, the repetition of your breathing patterns, it will bring you into a meditative trance. That's what mindfulness is. It's not about reading as much scripture as you can and filling your mind with that. It's about emptying everything out and focusing and filling your mind only with one thing, like your breathing. And it's just another tool of the devil to get people to veer off of the pages of their Bible and start hearing from familiar spirits. Automatic, so Mark Verkler says, uh, you, you steal your mind, and then you get these pop-ups in your brain, and whatever, that, whatever is, is said there, you write it down. That is going to be God's word for you that day. And he said, pretty soon you'll have a whole book full of things that God said. The problem is, you've just now brought a curse upon your life. Revelation. In fact, I'll show it to you in the Old Testament first. 
Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you, the ones that I command you. You shall not add to them. You shall not diminish anything from it. You shall not take anything away. That's the Old Testament. Here's the New Testament. It's at the end of the book. You've heard me read this before. Um, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. You have just cursed yourself with these end times plagues that God is going to use to destroy all the wickedness off the earth in preparation for Christ's millennial reign. You are guaranteeing, you are guaranteeing that you are going to be in that time of the wrath of God being poured out. You are guaranteeing your place in the lake of fire for eternity because you've added to the word of God and you did it every day. And you did it not because God told you to do it, because this guy told you to do it. And this guy's some specialist now. He's some, he's some guy that he's, he's taught this now on six continents. He's taught this. He's got books. He's made videos. He's done all kinds of things with this and made a ton of money because this little spiritual growth academy that this guy is running is not free. Each lesson that Verkler teaches you is 25 bucks. You're not going to get the stuff unless you pay the money up front. That right there should tell you how wicked it is. I mean, these men are telling you that what they want you to believe are the veritable truths of an everlasting God that you absolutely must have for your spiritual success going from this world to the next. They say you must have them, but we can't give them to you unless you fork over 25 bucks. Now, automatic writing. It was a tool of divination. Uh, it's all so-called psycho uh, psychography is claimed a psychic ability allowing a person to produce written words without consciously writing. Practitioners engage in automatic writing by holding or writing instrument and allowing alleged spirits to manipulate the practitioner's hand. The instrument may be a standard writing instrument or it may be one speci specially designed for automatic writing such as a planchette or a Ouija board. Ah! You see, it's no different. It's no different. Whether you've got your hands on a planchette on a Ouija board or you're letting us, your, your a spirit is telling you things in the abruptness of your mind and you start writing it down because you believe that that's God telling you this. And I'm telling you, those spirits Listen, they're, all, they're waiting by the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call now. They're waiting for you to join in so they can deceive you all the way to hell and take your family with you and everybody you know, everybody that you influence, everybody that you say, hey, you need to listen to this guy. I mean, he's got good stuff. You know, and I, now I know he teaches some bad things, but he's got some good things. I'm telling you, don't watch this guy. Don't listen to him. None of it. Stay away from it. Now, Hoggard, where's your scriptures? You don't have to ask me twice. Now, the word 
divine or divination. Just, just you can make what it is or whatever you want. Thirty-three times in the King James Bible. I like that. Now, according to Verkler, stillness, vision, spontaneity, and journaling. Those are the four things that he said. Now, all of this has to do with the imagination. Because that's what he's getting at. Remember, the, the right side of the brain is where all of this is going to take place. Where, where are the familiar spirits going to speak? They're going to speak to the right side of your brain. They plant images there to help you out. I do believe that devils have access to my dream state. I've had some rough ones. I've talked to Pastor Jason Cooley about this, and he had, he had one here a while back that really rocked his boat. Okay, and I shared with him, with him mine, and it was like, yep, I'm telling you. Well, we know that he does. We know that the devil has access. We know that from um, Job chapter 4, I believe it is. Yeah, this guy here, he said, um, verse 12, Now a thing was secretly brought to me in mine ear, received a little thereof, in thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. So right there, Job's uh, friend, Eliphaz the Temanite, had a situation where a spirit had access to his dream state. Because he said, I was in deep sleep. That's REM sleep, rapid eye movement. So, think about what the Bible says about the song, I can only imagine. Is that true? I mean, is it, is it true that all we can ever know about heaven is what we imagine? No. The Bible gives us, if you read the last three chapters of Revelation, you're going to get a, a vision of heaven that is absolutely outstanding. And there's enough there that as you're reading it, okay, um, that as you're reading it, the right side of your brain is going to draw pictures of this. So it's the left side of your brain. And listen, I'll say to you, be careful if, about your imaginations of heaven. One of the things that we'll do with our imaginations of heaven is try to put people there that are not there. That's one of the things we do a loved one, a family member that may, may be on the 
he may have been straddling the fence. And we can't guarantee that they're really in heaven. Be careful about who you imagine's up there. Now, let me get to this imagination deal. What was it that they did in Genesis 11? They prognosticated, they forecasted, they visualized a, a city and a tower whose top would reach into heaven. And they said, let us build it lest, so that we can make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. So what they imagined to do, they did, or they were working on it. And God had to come down in Genesis 11, verse 6, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. It's a clear case of the imagination of man getting in the, putting him in the wrong place the wrong way. You see, God's already got a city and a tower in heaven. It's already there. And he's already provided a way for us to get there. And that way is the way of the cross. It's through Jesus Christ alone. But man says, no, we want to get up there ourselves. Um, that is still a an area of study and thought that I have not left. The idea that the Bible is telling us that man will uh, encroach the boundaries of the second heaven. He will go beyond just the moon and literally build his nest or make his nest among the stars. Man will be elevated now to a new level, a higher level, into outer space. By the way, the big news uh, is that the James Webb Telescope has found a fully formed galaxy. They said at the very end of the known universe, they said that the Big Bang happened 13 billion years ago, and they now have found a fully formed galaxy at the edge of the known universe, 13 billion light years from Earth, meaning that it formed 13 billion years before 13 billion years ago or after that. In other words, the galaxy itself should be somewhere around 16 or 17 billion years old. But the model for the universe is only 13 billion years old. So it doesn't, they're not finding what they thought they would find. They're finding Genesis 1 is what they're doing. Anyway. So he said, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And that's, God knows man. And here we are, we're wondering what it's like to be in the, among the stars. We're wondering what it's like to be gods. We're wondering what it's like to live forever. We're wondering what it's like to 
live a life in sin and do whatever you want to and have nobody uh, push their morality on you and for you to just go and do whatever you want to do. And if you want to act like a woman and swim amongst uh, teenage college girls and beat them and stand there and go, whoa, look at what I did. Nothing is restrained from them that they imagine to do. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 60. Thou hast seen all their vengeance and all their imaginations against me. Thou hast heard their reproach, O Lord, and all their imaginations against me. People imagine the death of Christianity. Romans 1, 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. This is what is going to happen to you. When you start believing these guys, oh, I had this dream last night, and I, boy, God just is telling me in my spirit that that, that was from him. And, and uh, the, when I interpret that dream, um, it has me, Pastor Mike, um, I believe God is showing me that I, as a, as a woman, um, I'm going to be the pastor of Bethel Church in a year. Now, I just made that up, but that, that's pretty good. And that's, that's what your imaginations and your little dreams will do. The devil will give you some really good ones. Um, I've got an article. Um, Goldie Hawn. This came out the other day. Goldie Hawn, you know who she is. She's married to um, Kirk. Uh, I won't say Kirk Douglas, but that's not true. Um, but anyway, she was on Laugh-In, and she was Private Benjamin and all this stuff. She used to be a dancer and all that. Goldie Hawn says she, she made contact with aliens. She said, they touched my face. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But she was, um, this is back in the 60s, she was uh, a, a, a dancing girl. And um, she said that she was dancing out in West Covina, California, which is very close to a desert. And um, she asked one of her friends if she could go out and during a break and take a nap in his car. And she said, I don't know why I said that. She said, we, you know, people take naps all the time inside the building there. But she said, I asked him to go out to his car and took a nap. And she said, I went out there and took a nap. And she said that, um, said that the visit from the extraterrestrials occurred. She was 20 years old. She said, I got this high-pitched sound in my ear. It was, it was this high, high frequency. Um. She said then the, the article says she looked out of the car window and saw these two or three triangular shaped heads. They were silver in color. They had a little slash for a mouth, tiny little nose, no ears. Hahn remembered. They were pointing at me, pointing at me in the car as if they were discussing me like I was a subject and they were they were droning. <laughs> Han said she suddenly found that she was unable to move. I was paralyzed, she explained. And I thought, oh, 
I want to get up. I didn't know if it was real or not real. The actress said that she finally burst out of her state of paralysis. It was like bursting out of a force field, she said. Of course, I go back uh, to all the kids and stuff, and I went, oh, my, I think I'd make contact with outer space. As she was, um, Han began to wonder if she had simply dreamed the incident until all these books came out that were written by people who said that they had also had experiences with UFOs and made contact with aliens. She remembered that the individuals described being paralyzed and hearing a high-pitched sound during their encounters with the extraterrestrials. She said, so I started looking at this as something that might be real. Years later, Han visited the University of Illinois, where she met an astrophysicist. During their conversation, Han told him that she believed she had an experience. That's right, brain. In which she was visited by these beings from outer space. And she said, um, where is it? She said, they touched my face. And she said, when they touched my face, it felt like the finger of God. And she said, it was the most benevolent, loving feeling. This was powerful. It was like filled with light. This is what she's saying. And I can tell you, studying Betty Andreessen, studying all of this stuff, I can tell you that is a common theme. There is a new... Uh, series. I think it's on um, Amazon Prime Video, and it's about uh, UFO cases. And the very first one, there was a UFO flap down in Texas back years ago. And this man, he um, goes outside and he sees this UFO, triangular-shaped UFO going over his head. And he said, as they went over me, he said, I had the most loving, divine feeling that I've ever had in my life. It's like they filled me from top to bottom with this pure love feeling. And like, I, like I'm, I'm now accepted with God. Lots of people have that experience. So that causes them to believe it's what led Betty Andreessen, claiming she's a Christian, to believe that the aliens are benevolent creatures, that they're here for our benefit, because she felt this overwhelming... I mean, there's a picture of her under hypnosis doing praise and worship and speaking in tongues. She's speaking in these alien languages. And she just feels this glory. While she's under hypnosis, she's got tears running down her eyes. People don't trust feelings. Now, there's a place for it. There's a place for intuition. There's a place for it. Mark Verkler, I, I know I've got so much I'm throwing at you here. Um, but he talks about... Um, all of this as intuition. Let me put him back on the screen. Okay. okay. Stillness. Okay. <laughs> we are in a crazy busy culture. 
and we have to learn how to be quiet. You've got a great chart in here <laughs> showing the, the problems. For example, uh, thoughts of things to do. I'm trying to get quiet and hear from God, and all I can think about is my to-do list. Okay. So that's pretty easy. <clears throat> what you want to do is just simply take, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, take those thoughts and write them down. All right, because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's probably the right side of your brain communicating to the left side because on the right side you have intuition, on the left side you have, have reason. Reason forgets 90% of what you know. Intuition forgets nothing. So as you quiet yourself... Did you hear what he did? He just elevated the right side of your brain above the left side. He said reason forgets 90% of what it learns. Now, I don't know where he gets that number. But he said intuition remembers everything. I don't know where he gets that either. But he just elevated the right side over the left side. He just did it. Yourself done in prayer, you tend to shift hemispheres to the right side. Intuition comes up and says, you forgot this, this, and this. And if I push it down and say, get it, go away, it says, you're not listening. So instead of pushing it down, I write them down and say, That's, those are good ideas, I'll take care of those. And now I can go beyond that thought to the next level of thought within me. All right? So that deals with the first so issue. So you put them out of the way. Put them out of the way by writing them down. Now I'm <clears throat> having thoughts of sin consciousness. I mean, <laughs> how can I come to God? Why would God speak to me? Exactly. You know, and, um, and, the, and so the best way to handle that is, of course, repent. If you've committed sin, you just repent. And if you've done the same sin a hundred times, you can repent a hundred times, he'll forgive you a hundred times. Now, you may not forgive yourself a hundred times, he'll forgive you. And when I began to hear his voice, I was usually beating on myself and, and saying, God, don't you want to hit me? He said, not really. I, I said, hit me, I'll feel better. He said, Mark, your sin is covered by the blood, let it go. And, and, and he told me to put on a robe of righteousness, just like a woman does on her, her wedding gown on her wedding day. You put on a robe of white, which is Christ's righteousness, and you stand there complete in Christ's righteousness, not your own. And so if you're seeing yourself as a miserable sinner, you're not even seeing yourself biblically correctly. Because correctly, you are clothed with Christ's righteousness and radiating divine glory. Mm -hmm. And so God will clean up your ungodly pictures as you hear his voice. He'll, he'll say, that's the wrong picture. Here's the picture you need. Okay, my mind is still flitting about. I, I'm covered in white, but my mind's going everywhere. All right, well, you know, the, be the best way I know to quiet myself down is to fix my eyes on Jesus, all right? Mm -hmm which is really the, the second key, you know, Habakkuk kept watch to see. So, so if I will picture what I know to be true, he, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with me. He's right here next to me. He's next to every single person. He says he is. You can think it or you can see it. If you see it, well, we say a picture is worth a thousand words, okay? So it has a thousand times more impact. If you see it, you've actually shifted hemispheres internally again. Because thinking is left brain and, see, and imagination or picturing is right brain. So if I want to get away from thoughts racing around, I can shift hemispheres internally, mechanically, by simply fixing my eyes upon Jesus, picturing him here with me. And that drops me out of this reasoning mode, brings me over to a visionary mode, which is where intuition kicks in, the voice of God kicks in. So I shift internally by using pictures. There he did it. He did it. He said that you follow imagination, follow these, you picture an image of God. The only proper image of God that I have is my King James Bible. Whoa. Listen, people, 
Uh, let, uh, let me let me keep going with scriptures. Uh, there we go. Second Corinthians ten five, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. God did not tell you. God did not tell you, does not tell you, to imagine Him. He does not tell you that. You want to know God? Read God. Don't imagine Him. Don't. And I mean, He, he did it again. He puts down the left side. He said, don't. He said, put down reason. Get, get rid of reason. And here's poor God in Isaiah chapter 1, not knowing what to do now because we're not supposed to reason. And here's God saying, come now, let us reason together. You're going to miss, you're going to miss. Listen, when people start messing with the Bible, it's always, they're going to mess with the gospel, people. God said, Deuteronomy 18.10, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination or an observer of times. That's what these other people are trying to teach you, to be an observer of times. Um, Acts chapter 16. Now watch this. We have a, we have a, a supposedly Christian woman who is giving high praises to the Apostle Paul and his preachers. But she has a spirit of divination in her. Acts chapter 16, verse 16, It came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. See, these people, they can't give you their stuff away. The spirit that's in them won't let them. They've got to get rich. They've got to bring the money in with this, th- with this stuff. That's why they come up with it. It's a good moneymaker. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And you might say, well, you know, he mentioned the Bible every now and then. At least he's using like Habakkuk. But he's not really using Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He's not really using them. He's already come up with the method. The method was invented 3,000 years before Mark Verkler was ever born. And it just shows up through California in the 60s, and now it's all over America. That's what Pastor said, Pastor Rock said. He said, Indian uh, theology and mysticism is all over America now. It's flooded with it. Our schools are full of it. Businesses are doing it. Rehab centers, both uh, for for drug addiction and for uh, for people who are uh, who've had accidents or broken limbs or whatever, had surgery and they're going to physical rehab. They're teaching them to meditate, to use mindfulness to get through the pain. It's everywhere. Verse 18, this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. 1 Samuel 28, 8, Saul disguised himself, put on other raiment, and went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me, 
by the familiar spirit and bring me up, bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. Now, again, Samuel is is going to represent Christ. So think of Samuel and the typology that he's that he's a representation of Christ. He's the word of God. Saul doesn't want the real word of God. He rejected that already. That, and, and Samuel called him on it because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. God has rejected thee. Saul says, bring me up the familiar spirit version. Bring me up today's NIV. Bring me up the uh, English Standard Version. Bring me up the Revised. Bring me up the New American Standard. Bring me up Bring me a, f- a familiar fake. I don't want the real thing. I want a fake. So he gets a fake Samuel. And that is a foreshadow of a fake Jesus. Another Jesus. 2 Kings 17, verse 6. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hela and in Habor by the river of Gozan in the cities of the Medes. Here's why God swept away the ten northern tribes to Assyria. Verse 7. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. And walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. And they built them high places in all their cities, from the Tower of the Watchmen to the Fence City. Now, if we skip down to verse 16. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God. They left the Bible and made them molten images. You know what molten, you know what you can do with a molten image? You make it into whatever you want. Even two calves and made a grove and worshiped all the host of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and use divination. They said, we don't want to read the Bible. We want to experience God. Isaiah 44, 24, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars, and maketh diviners mad. Mad means crazy. That turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish. Four things. Four things here. You know what? I'm going to put this on the screen for you. I just feel like being generous. Um, Number one, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars, maketh diviners mad, turneth wise men backward, maketh maketh their knowledge foolish. Turneth their wise men backward. It's all about going back to the Mount Sinai covenant. That's going backwards. When you go backwards and fall backwards and backslide, you're under the law. 
When you go forward, you're under grace. It's that simple. Jeremiah 14, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophet say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and a thing of naught, and the deceit of their heart. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy uh, in my name. Um, and I sent them not. Yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. Uh, by sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed, and the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them, their wives, their, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. And folks, I'm listen. Like I said, here I am. I'm just, you know, I'm looking for stuff to, to look into and research. And YouTube's helping me out since this video. And I'm, boy, I'm thinking, boy, I'm gonna run. I think I'm gonna use this stuff. And then found out this guy is just another of the false teachers in with all the other false teachers. And I'm just, please, please don't fall for this stuff. And please don't share it with anybody. Please Now share this. It, if you feel the Lord is allowing you to. But don't go sharing this guy's videos. He's going to teach people. You say, well, I'm not fooled by this. Yeah, but somebody you know might be. I just, I would hate to be the reason. I know a lot of people are going to hell. I would hate to be the reason for it. I would. Hey, I love you. Thank God for you. Um, uh, OT is getting us ready to do another feeding. It'll be probably this weekend. Please pray uh, that God will bless it. That God will supply the stuff is getting hard to find. That God will supply, that God will help us. Please pray for us. These people are starving to death. We need to feed their bellies and then feed them with the word of God. Thank you for those of you who've been a blessing to us. You're the reason why we do what we do. Think Bible.